Lord commandment that he has example, a symbol of inexplicability. But the time of Paradume is so obscure, so obscure and so transcendental that the Rabbeinishon told Moshe Rabbeinu not to reveal it to further generations. It was not needed to be transmitted 
from door to door. From door to door. So, so poor Adume, because of that, that's the reason as to why when the Gemara in Dume mentions the hooking, so the so the Gemara mentions Achilles Chazil, the Shashatnes, Kvitzasivome, the Taras Mitzire, so you know why? Because Pora Dume is a category by itself. It is a hook, of course, but this is the hook of Par excellence, Pora Dume. Why? Because insofar as the other hook are concerned, so they are strange. It's obscure. We don't know the reason. Our human limited mind cannot conceive of the real reason. But there are no contradictory qualities in Poradume. I mean in these Hukim. Masha'inkin in Poradume, so besides the baffling and the obscure character of the commandment Poradume, it has contradictory qualities, rendering the Tomei Toeya and the heretofore Toya Tomei. So that's, that's like he's still in itself. That's why the Gemara here in, in Yume, Tafsamar Zion, and the Teraskiani, when it mentions examples of Hokim, it doesn't include Poradume, because Poradume is a category by itself. It's unique. Among the Hokim, it's unique. Hukoshahokaktilochem in Rishus Leharobem. So that applies to all the Hokim. But Poradume is unique in, in its baffling obscure character and in its contradictory qualities the other hooking they are obscure we don't know the reason but but uh, there are no contradictory qualities no stilas paradume in its basic alohas manifests contradictory qualities in rendering the the heretofore unclean clean and the heretofore clean unclean. If for some reason it is capable of taking away to me, why does it uh, impose to me upon a heretofore toil? Now, but even in respect to the other hooking, the Gemara mentions, mentions, what it means means that there is no reason there is no purpose so there is a posse what does it mean because of this posse and suppose there hadn't been this posse so one could doubt the importance of the of the of the mitzvah for Adume, I mean why have the more always mentions Shemotema, so and so Tamulema. So in other words it is something that is considerable. And if the Torah hadn't spelled it out, I would say the country. But here the country is Hasvisholem is is inconceivable, I mean to say the country that it's my toyo it serves no purpose, so that would be Kvira Mamesh. So we have to mention the posse? No, that the Jew shouldn't say Kvira. 
and without this pasik, so I could say a Jew is allowed to say kvila at me. It's so strange. But but the real answer is that my still doesn't mean doesn't mean has no purpose. No purpose doesn't accomplish it. Of course every commandment of the Torah has a purpose. But the Rambam in the in the third the book of the Mirin Wuchin, so he says that there are two theories entertained by various Jewish scholars in respect to the Mitzvah There is one theory that is uh, entertained by many Jewish scholars, philosophers, that, the, the, that we shouldn't look for time because the Mitzvah does not have specific time. In other words, of course, all the commandments of the Torah have one general purpose. In other words, to, uh, to, uh, to uh, instill the concept of Kabbalah Sil Shamayim in the psyche, in the mind, in the heart of every Jew and Jews. So, but there is no specific purpose. Then there is, there is a theory propounded by other Jewish scholars, and the Rambam is among them, that besides the general purpose of all the commandments of the Torah, common to all, of instilling the concept of of unconditional submission to the will of God, so every mitzvah has a specific purpose. So let's say the, the mitzvah of, uh, let's say of Shabbos has one purpose. Besides the general purpose that is common to all the commandments, and let's say the, the laws, the dietary laws, as they are called in English, I mean, of Kashas, you know, of Vele and Freyfe and Kavotome and so on, have another specific purpose. So, this apparently how the Rambam would explain, Mishemetir Maish Tewa. Tewa doesn't mean Hasisholen, nonsense. Sometimes we use the term toy, but chasvisholim here toy means like uh, like uh, like we say meila You know, there's the meila that uh, would have existed before the creation of the world, before my separations, while the world was in a state of teu boveyo. So, what does it mean teu? Meila teu. That means nonsense has to show it. It means it does not, it does not uh, lend itself into, I mean, it, it, that it, it does not have any purpose, any specific purpose. So here too, in other words, of course, we have a general purpose of, uh, of instilling the concept of Kabbalah Sumah but maybe perhaps these hooking don't have a specific purpose. So Talmud Leima, each commandment has its own specific purpose. But we, it's beyond our limited mind. But every mitzvah has a specific, a specific purpose. Now, 
Torah Dume, as I said before, is a special category by itself. In, and it's ever held up by our sages and by the Rishayni as a classic example of the inextricability of the commandment of the Torah. Because of its contradictory qualities of rendering the unclean clean and the clean unclean. And the clean unclean. Now, uh, it is to to, to be observed that uh, that Bimoro when certain mitzvahs were revealed to Moshe as a preface to Kabbalah Santor at Sinai, Moro preceded Sinai so so certain uh, certain, I mean Bimoro was near and then the revelation in Sinai was in sin. So certain mitzvahs were revealed to Moshe at Mo. Which mitzvahs? Dinim, Shabbos, Kibutav, and Paradum. Why were these mitzvahs revealed? Not the other mitzvahs? Because these mitzvahs, these mitzvahs, shame say that. Uh, the Ramban mentions that and it's really implicit in a certain matters that these, the revelation of these mitzvahs of Dinim, Shabbos, Kibudav, Kibudav and Porah Dume uh, were a prelude, a preface, an introduction to the Kabbalah Torah of Sina, of Sina. In other words, in order that the Jews should be qualified to accept the whole Torah, they had to receive a revelation of these four mitzvahs, of these four mitzvahs uh, at more. As a matter of fact, the, 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 the Torah in the Asar, in the, Asar Sadibas, the Ten Commandments, refers Kasha to the Sihah, word, in more. So the purpose was to uh, qualify the Jews, the Jewish people, for Kabbalah. So we understand as to why Dinim were revealed as a preface to the whole Torah, because without Dinim, Dinim in its entirety represented a system of justice, you know, human relations. So without the system of justice in the civil relationship between one individual and the other, it's impossible to become a, an ethical people. In order to become ready to become an ethical people and so the Jews had to train themselves in the in the in the art of justice and righteousness. We understand this white without because Kibudav is is a basic commandment. Is the basic, it's based upon the most basic ethical concept, namely gratitude. Gratitude. The Chibus Alvoreis says uh, in Shah Avidus Arakim that the concept of gratitude of Hakoras Teive is the Seda Isaidus of the whole Torah. Everything in the Torah, 
every iota of the Torah is based upon the concept of, uh, of gratitude, acrostic. And Kiddab is based upon the concept of gratitude. And that's the reason as to why Kishwa Hakosuf, Kvedi Shalovein, Kvedi Shalmokin, Kishwa Hakosuf, Miroi Shalovein, Limiroi Shalmokin. So we understand as to why that had to be revealed to Kaun Soya as a preface, as an introduction, as a prelude to the Kabbalah Torah. Because the Jewish people wouldn't be qualified to become a Mlachaskianimidi Kodesh, to accept the Torah in its entirety without uh, the concept of across Teve as it is manifested in the mitzvah of Kibbalah. And we understand Shabbos also, because Shabbos is the son of the Torah. But why was Torah doing of all the commandments of the Torah? So, so these ethical commandments Din Shabbos were coupled with Paradun as a prelude to the Kabbalah. Apparently, apparently, Paradun has a potential, has a potential to to uh, elevate the Jewish people so that the Jewish people become qualified to accept the whole Torah and thereby become Imam Lachaskeh and Imbili Kodesh. Why? Why? Because Porah Dume is symbolic of the whole concepts, not just the mixture of taking, of burning a red heifer and then the ashes and then sprinkle uh, the Maim Chaim, the living waters upon the ashes and then sprinkle them, sprinkle the same of Panitomenes. It's much more than that. It is the it is based upon a very all embracing concept. Concept. Namely, what is the concept of Poradum? What's the concept of Poradum? The concept of Poradum is that in nature, in history, in the Torah, there are certain things that are beyond the inquisitive grasp of the human mind. Because uh, mother men is special, it was true all the ages, but it is especially true of, the, of modern people. Modern people think that the human being by having recourse to intelligence and to reason and to empiricism can extend all the secrets of the world, provided he is given sufficient time and application. If you talk to a scientist, so he'll tell you, I mean, oh, we'll discover everything. We have to be given time. We'll find the discovery cure for cancer and for, for all kinds of diseases for mental retardation and for heart failure and for everything. But we need time. We, if, as long as we give it enough time and application so we can discover everything. Of course, that makes men into, a, into an aggressive and arrogant being. And this is the source of all evil. 
ethical vice, arrogance. As I mentioned, uh, the roof of my son Abiyasi, I mean that uh, the smart says that uh, someone appeared to him in a dream and told him, you wrote a Sefer Mitzvah and the most important, not important, I have to say privately, the most basic negative commandment negative commandment and the, the all embracing commandment so you omit it and that turned out to be the prohibition against arrogance so modern man has a tendency towards arrogance because modern man feels that the human that the human being by exploiting reason and empiricism, experimentation can, can discover all the secrets of the universe so the law of Paradume with its baffling prescriptions and contradictory qualities comes to tell us to remind us that, that in nature in the Torah in, in history so there are certain things that will always remain beyond the inquisitive grasp of the limited human mind. Now, there is the symbolic significance of Poradume. I mean, we cannot talk about any other significance of Poradume because it's too obscure. But we can talk about the symbolic significance of Poradume. The symbolic significance of Korah Dume is analogous to the symbolic significance of the mitzvah tzitzis. Tzitzis. Now, uh, what does the mitzvah tzitzis imply? That, uh, that every Jew is to put on the corners of the garments he's wearing, he's wearing a white strand and a blue strand, trails. And then the Gemara Menorah says, Gemara Menorah says, uh, I think it's after the Gemara Menorah so, Lomoni, Lomoni, Stamet, Trails, and Colts, and Wunnishe, but what is the significance of the trails, the blue color, the blue color, the trails, the inner yam, yam, the inner and Rokia Doime because the blue color of the strand so bears a resemblance to the to the sea and and the and the sea bears a resemblance, the color of the sea bears a resemblance to the Rokia, to the color of the Rokia of the skies. And the color of the of the skies bears a resemblance to the color of the Kisiakov, the throne of God. Now the question arises. After all, the whole Yichas consists in the fact that it's Daniel Kisiakov. I mean the fact that Daniel does not constitute such great significance. But is Daniel Kisiakov? So so Hazal should say no. Yomorah doesn't say 
the doctors appear to predict the truth, unfortunately. Yes. So whenever they say he has terminal cancer and his days are limited, his hours are limited. That's the way people had, uh, that's the way people looked at tuberculosis in those days. In those days, in other words, if somebody suffered from tuberculosis, it was a, considered as a sure death. And then with the discovery of the antibiotics and all these things, so tuberculosis is solved. People don't die now from tuberculosis. People don't die now from tuberculosis. Of course, you can, sometimes you can meet a certain person die from tuberculosis. So you hear of certain women dying from giving birth to a child. I mean, everything happens. But it's very remote that a person should die from tuberculosis. But does that mean that the discovery for tuberculosis and pneumonia and the discovery of antibiotics put an end to sickness? So we have other sicknesses that plague many. Maybe 55 years ago, we also knew of cancer. It was called Rak Yiddish. But not so many people died from cancer today. So, so the mitzvah of Tzitzis, with its commandment of fusing the white strand with the blue strand, symbolizes the concept that in the realm in the realm of nature so in, on a scientific level uh, a person should not think that, that the human being by exploiting reason and empiricism will be able to solve all the problems will find a cure for all sicknesses you'll find a cure for certain sicknesses and the time will come that uh, mankind will deserve to have a cure for cancer so then there will be a cure for cancer there will be someone will discover it someone will discover it but there will still unfortunately there will still be sicknesses until you miss a Mashiach so there will be sicknesses of all kinds unfortunately that's these are the facts of life the life so on one hand Yadus advocates exploitation of reason and empiricism there might be some orthodox Jews who think that Yadus is opposed to the exploitation of reason and empiricism to science and art it's not so they are making a mistake they are making a mistake the Rambam says in connection with our heritage name that, that it's a mitzvah for a father to teach Torah of course that goes without saying it's the biggest mitzvah but it's a mitzvah for a father to teach science wisdom to the son to the son and Abidobi Danogid in his parish on Pirke Obeis says that when Pirke Obeis say that Yofet uh, Avotir in the Acharet so it's true that Acharet many times in the Mishnah and the Gemara has reference an occupation but in this Mishnah and also the Brise in Roches in, 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 in 
כשאלנו ליום המרשני, השחוי לפניך, יצין דבורים דלת נסחנו, כשאלנו ליום המרשני והשחוי לפניך, מאיים אשר בואו אליקים עוד מהארץ, ומקצה השמיים ועצי השמיים, הני את הדובר הגודל הזה, ויעניש מקומנו. מקצי השמיים ותקצי השמיים התושל בדרש וחלקיה. ואין התורה שואלת, ולישל וליטרש, מלמיילו, מלמטו, מלפונים ומלמטו. We can pursue the cultivation of science in finding out the nature of every animal, of every vegetable, of every plant, and the laws of nature, but we cannot go too far. We cannot explore in the areas of Malimailo, Malimato, Malifonim, Malachim. There is, while there is a clear area of that which is intelligible, So there is a much, but by far, a much wider area of that which is obscure and mysterious and transcendental and beyond the inquisitive grasp of the limited human mind. So, so, so Chazal say, Manish Tamet Tchiles because Tchiles is symbolic of the concept of transcendentalism and of obscurity. That, that there are certain things there are certain things in nature in history and in the Torah that will never be understood never so so he says now the waves of the sea are symbolic of the laws of nature and uh, of the scientific approach because all of science is based upon the concept of causation, causality, and waves are symbolic of causation. How one wave pushes the other wave is transmitted to the other drop of water. One wave, you start a wave in one drop of water, so that, that uh, brings about, that entails a whole series of ripples So, Yam is symbolic of the, of the laws of nature and of the scientific level. And the Tchil is the Yam, that there is a transcendental area in the realm of nature which is wider than the area that is intelligible and clear. And then Yam Dimurakia. Or Kia is symbolic of spiritual and moral values. So, in the in the in the realm of spiritual and moral values, and on the Torah level, there are also certain aloches that will always remain obscure. This is what Paraduma teaches us. There is a limitation. There are certain things in the Torah word that can be understood. And we have to understand them. But once we say, then we cannot go beyond that. And just try to explain. Why is it? It's nonsense. Because it's already in the transcendental realm. 
in the obscure realm that is beyond our inquisitive grasp. So Yam de Melakia, in the same transcendental concept that applies to the realm of nature in a scientific level, applies also to Melakia, to the to the realm of spiritual and moral values in our Torah realm, and Torah level. So of course there are certain things that can be understood and have to be understood. The, but then and we have to understand everything. We have to understand Paraduma also. What the world Paraduma tells us. But then to ask, why is it like that? Why is it Mithayat Meim? Mithayat Meim. And Mithamei. That's already transcendental. And Okiya The throne of glory in Chazal is always, always has reference to God's administration of the world. That's, that's the Kisiyakovi, the Merkov, I mean, the prophecy, the revelation, the Cheskit, that we read Shuez uh, morning by the Merkov, so is expressive and it describes the, the God's administration of the world. So in the realm, in the realm of God's administration of the world, and on a historical level, there are also certain things that can be understood. But there is a wider area that will always remain transcendental. Always. Always. So, now, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, ask the Rebbeinu Shalom, Parashat Yisisa, Harini no is drachach. Chazal say, that he wanted to know why Sadiq Virale and Roshetim. I mean, this phenomenon that we find in history, that righteous people sometimes suffer so much, and wicked people prosper, has baffled every human being, Jew or Gentile, saint or villain, but it has baffled even the living. Habakkuk raised that question. Why is there such a phenomenon of Sadiq Virali in Rosh Hashanah? Mishra himself inquired of the Rebbein Shalom, What is the reason for these historical episodes that, that uh, show that many times righteous people suffer so much and wicked people prosper? So what did the Rebbeinu Shalom tell Moshe Rabbeinu? He nimokimiti nitzavlo atzo. What is the expression? It cannot be understood literally. So the Al-Kuchimeini says 
that the expression has reference to historical events when these are viewed and considered retrospectively many many years later after a certain historical episode has unfolded itself in a full way and then you look at it you know you consider it retrospectively so then you can understand and finally all has reference to the historical events when they are looked at while they are being unfolded before our eyes Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to understand certain episodes in history certain episodes like the Holocaust or the Chum Baish and Chum Baish all these phenomena of uh, of uh, of Tzadik Veralai Mr. Rambam points out I mean the Moshe Betebele did not baffle the Nivim so much the Nivim and the Chachom because after all the redemption is a Rachel Vechanon so he is he uh, he he blesses even the Shoy but what baffled the Nivim and the Chachom was the fact that while we find wicked people who prosper so at the same time side by side with the prospering and the, the wealth and the success of wicked people like, like the Nazis and the, the Arabs and so on we have another phenomenon of Tzadik Virale we have the suffering so that's what baffled Ramban says the Nivim and the Chachomim so when one looks at historical events as these Episodes are being unfolded before their eyes, that's so funnily all. We cannot understand. Then it is beyond the inquisitive questions. But when you look at historical events thousands of years later, after a historical episode has fully unfolded itself, and we look at them at, uh, you know, uh, uh, retrospectively, then then we can understand it's like a painting you know uh, that's what artists tell me that uh, in order to appreciate a good piece of art you have to look at it from a distance you cannot stand mamish near the painting and appreciate the beauty of that painting only if you stand at a distance so so the historical episodes so represent a, the divine cosmic paintings so we cannot appreciate them when we stand close to the painting how can we expect to understand the
look at it and understand everything. So this is so this is what Chazal means. The Yam is symbolic of the waves and the principle of causation of the scientific approach and Yam Bimurakia. Rokia is symbolic of moral and spiritual values on the Torah level and Rokia Bimur Kisei Kisei is symbolic of the God's administration of the world on a historical level. So we have to fuse. We should try to understand history from the standpoint of, of reason but there are certain things that cannot be understood by means of reason. So we have to fuse the white strength, which is symbolic of reason and clarity, so and intelligibility, with the blue strength, which is symbolic of that which is mysterious, that which is obscure, that which is transcendental in the realm of the God's administration of the world on a historical level, in the realm of spiritual and moral values on a total value level, and in the realm of nature on a scientific level. So we have to fuse the white strand with the blue strand. And this is the concept of Poradum. Poradum teaches us that while we have to have recourse to reason and intelligence. We have to exploit uh, the scientific approach and empiricism, but there is a limitation on the exploitation of reason, and uh, and we cannot go too far. In, in respect to Torah, so the Torah says, Torah Chazal made the comment in the heaven, Altikho Mehosho Elomiyurosa. There is a marriage between the Jewish people and, and, uh, and the Torah in respect to wisdom. So the Pasuk Mishnah says, Tell wisdom, thou art my sister. What's the meaning? of thou art my sister. What do you mean about that positive mission? Tell wisdom, tell science, tell reason, tell intelligence. Thou art my sister. But as much love as a brother entertains for a sister, a devoted brother is entertained, an indescribable uh, amount of love for a sister. But with all the love that the brother might profess for his sister, there is a limit. He cannot merge with his sister. He cannot marry his sister. If he marries his sister, then the marriage is incestuous and the offspring is bound to be illegitimate. The attitude of Yadus is that we should exploit reason and empiricism. We should cultivate the arts and the sciences. Because Ashabol I mentioned it many times. The 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 and the say, what does it mean Ashabol Alikim What does it mean Ashabol Alikim Vases? Ashabol Alikim Vases 
means that when the Rebbein Shalom created the world, when the Rebbein Shalom created man, he didn't create the world in perfect form. He didn't create the human being in a perfect form. On a physical and level, he didn't create, the Rebbein Shalom did not create the human being uh, in a perfect way because the human being was created and comes to the world with so much imperfection. The human organism is subject on a physical level to all kinds of diseases, heart failure, mental condition, cancer, strokes, what not. I mean, so many sicknesses and so many weaknesses, there are so many imperfections on a physical level in the human organism. And then on a spiritual level, so everybody knows there are certain instincts in man, the man, the tire, the covet, they tend to engulf the human soul. Why did the Rebbein create the human organism with so many imperfections? Why did the Rebbein create the world at large with so many imperfections? Why is it, was it necessary to have a phenomenon of earthquakes and fires with so much suffering? Why? Because, because if the Rebbeinu Shalom had created the world and the human being in perfect form, then there would be nothing left for the human being to do. What would the human being be? It could be a spiritual robot, best. There wouldn't be any freedom, there wouldn't be any happiness, there wouldn't be any joy. But just because the Rebbeinu Shalom created the world at large and the human being in, a, in an imperfect form and left zones that were not created, that are still tail rail. There is such a wide area in the human organism that is still in the state of tail rail with all the scientific discoveries, with the antibiotics and all the cures and the vaccinations. So there is such a wide zone of, of tail of veil which is not as yet created. So there is something left for men to do, to become a shutef of the Kabayochel in perfecting the world and in perfecting the human being on a physical level and, and on a spiritual level by counteracting the destructive and chaotic forces that rage within the universe, that rage within the human organism, that rage within the human psyche. So Ashabora the Kim Rasi is the necessaries and the Chizgun, and the Chizgun. So, so because of that, so, so, so because of that, we have to, to, uh, to perfect, to perfect the world and thereby become a shooter of the Gabriel in perfecting the world and this is but to a degree but the, we should always remember that no matter how much we discover how much we accomplish how much we achieve so there is a much wider area that will always remain mysterious and transcendental and obscure. This is the concept 